Welcome, my good friends, to the Ellis Martin Report. I'm Judy Penelope Beckwith-Stoman. During this program you may be exposed to potential investment opportunities. We ask only that you do your own research, form your own conclusions, and invest only at your own risk. Companies mentioned on this program have paid us for exposure to you. That makes us biased. Your questions and comments are welcomed. Contact us at martinreports at gmail.com. That's martinreports at gmail.com. Today we'll travel to Albuquerque, New Mexico with Ellis as he talks about future tech city building in Valencia County. We'll speak with a gold company that has a $2 billion resource in Nevada and we'll also chat with Quanta Singh, offering interactive adult learning online. Have I left anything out? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Now, here he is, a very handsome man and my best buddy, Ellis Martin. I'm Ellis Martin. In this segment of the Ellis Martin Report, I travel to a place that I spent a great deal of my life in, Albuquerque, New Mexico, to sit in with KKOB talk show host Brandon Vogt and my good friend Pavlos Panagopoulos of MyFinancialSense.com. Many years ago, I believed that the greater Albuquerque metro area and beyond, including Bernalillo, Valencia, Sandoval, and Santa Fe counties, would be prime areas for global economic development. Given the climate, culture, resources, workforce, and the general positive environment for technological innovation, it's a prime target for a multinational light industrial zone and a city of the future based around that development, specifically Berlin, New Mexico in Valencia County, 40 minutes south of Albuquerque along I-25 with its amazing infrastructure. Let's listen into that conversation just last month in New Mexico with talk show host Brandon Vogt and Pavlos Panagopoulos. The following program is brought to you in living color. Of fake news, hidden agendas, and spin. This is the final fortress of free speech. This is BV Today on 963 News Radio, KKOVOV. All right, it's BV Today, 963 News Radio, KKOV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, and we're going to talk about the resource wars. And uh, this is going to be a, a great topic to get into. I want to welcome in Pavlos Panagopoulos from Satera Advisor Networks and, of course, MyFinancialSense.com. And Pavlos brought some guests again this time. And Ellis Martin is with us as well today. Hi, Ellis. I am here. Thank you yes. very much for having me, Brandon and Pavlos. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Good yes. to be back in Albuquerque. Yes, at Ellis.Gold. That's where you can find the, the Ellis Martin Report and all of the information that can be had on you and that sort of thing. And you're quite familiar with Albuquerque, right? Well, I first set my foot in the Duke City in 1974 in January, so almost 50 years ago. My uh-huh. dad was transferred out here to run a few radio stations in the yeah. engineering aspect of uh-huh. the world, and my sister and I uh, moved yeah. out to New Mexico from upstate New York, and she's in the studio today. Yeah. She just and- popped in. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Actually, Dan Martin, his dad was one of the people that put the towers up there on Sandia Mountain. So, oh, wow. Isn't that yeah. kind of cool? They, they, their family goes way back in the radio roots and uh-huh. the, uh, also with 94 Rock. He was one of the DJs. And so yeah. Ellis now does his own podcast. I call him the Joe Rogan of resource information. <laughs> he's, he's got well, 3.2 million subscribers. Yeah. And yeah. again, uh, we're going to be talking about resources mm-hmm. and the future resource wars that uh, might take place here in our oh, uh, yeah. global situation that's going yeah. on here that we're yeah. finding that in the world. Yeah, definitely. And and that's where we're going to start, Pavlos and, and Ellis. I mean, when you look at what's going on in the world, you know, we had, we had Ukraine and then uh, we have the conflict in Israel and Hamas and now Guyana, which not a lot of people know about what's going on down there, but it's, it's pretty fascinating what's happening in South America. Well, it's really fascinating, Brandon. I'm glad you brought Guyana up. It is an oil-rich country. It recently became an oil-rich company, which means the oil's always been there, but they've developed it within the last five, ten years uh-huh. very nicely. It's an English-speaking country in the Caribbean. It was originally a, a British Commonwealth country, and evidently uh, Maduro in, in Venezuela doesn't have enough oil, yeah. <laughs> or so he thinks, and they've got a long-standing dispute that uh, that territory, which is two-thirds of Guyana, is there, so it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. What will happen in that part? And, of the and they're world. they're going in. They're they're just trying to annex that off, annex part of another country off for themselves. 
They did that in um, Armenia. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Ar- Azerbaijan invaded Armenia, and uh, 100,000 Armenians are now yeah. out of homes. Yeah. So, uh, great book, if anybody wants, out of our listeners out there. The end of the world is just the beginning. The end of globalization, Peter Zion, and talking yeah. about the uh, natural resource wars. Uh-huh. Um, he predicted that was going to happen in Ukraine almost five years ago. Oh, wow. He said uh, yeah. Ukraine and Russia, it's like the Hatfields and McCoys. They are no natural barriers between the two countries. There are no mountains or rivers or oceans. And uh, there's a long-standing, you know, basically, uh, yeah. you know, basically they have a long-standing uh, conflict there mm-hmm. for years and years. It goes back thousands of years. And, of course, Ukraine has a lot of food resources. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Russia has a Bread lot of basket. natural gas. Mm-hmm. And the natural gas was going, you know, we all heard the word Burisma. Yeah. We've all heard about Burisma. And, yeah. and uh, what's going on with uh, yeah. different uh, administrations here. So, a lot's going on in the world, and yeah. again, it has a lot to do with resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And Guyana, nobody really have talked about Guyana since uh, you know the, uh, the the Jonestown massacre decades ago, and now back in the news. And it's just interesting to me that they just found oil there. You know, all this time, and then you know, very recent history that uh, that they were able to strike oil there. Yeah, in Venezuela, you know, they got such a great economy. I think they think they can probably manage their oil resources better than uh, mm-hmm. Exxon or Chevron, you yeah. know, some of the, the likes of that. So, again, yeah. you're going to see a lot of these countries that have these natural resources. They're looking at repatriating those resources. We saw that happen in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, we may see that uh, go in other places, even um, Chile. They have yeah. a new president, and he's talking about confiscating some of the Lithium mm-hmm. deposits there in Chile. Oh, wow. And so, how do they say that, Brandon? Follow the money. Oh, yeah, indeed. Follow the money. <laughs> yeah. And Ellis, Ellis Martin, a renowned resource company promoter, and Pavlos brought him along today. So, so what, what are you in town for, Ellis, other than to hang out with a, a lot of your, your friends that, uh, that you've known for a while here? Well, unfortunately, I won't be able to hang out with a lot of my friends that I've known for a while. It's a very quick trip. Yeah, I came in because I had an idea about 10 years ago, about 20 years ago, and originally 40 years ago, that New Mexico was prime territory for a great megalithic industrial park okay. and a community yeah. either around the Albuquerque airport in the economic free zone or in Valencia County around Belen. The infrastructure is here now. It wasn't 20 years ago. It yeah. wasn't 40 years ago. Yeah. This is a great place with a great workforce. We have resources here and it's, it's prime real estate really for a global community to be set up. There's mm-hmm. been no global community here. Wow. Why not New Mexico yeah. where you can actually get things done if you, if you have a purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. And the thought was to involve uh, some sovereign wealth funds around the world and bring some green technology here like you already have in Berlin. You've got yeah. this big 1.8 million square foot complex that's funded by a Singaporean company, I believe, mm-hmm. for yeah. production of solar panels. And that's a billion dollars into the economy over there so why not duplicate that by 10 or 100 yeah if the communities will support it and by that i mean really connecting with the tribes in the area making sure they have equity in it and connecting with the local politicians and as far as politics is concerned mm-hmm. everybody wins with yeah. something like this mm-hmm. everybody wins on all sides we yeah. bring money into the state we bring people into the state we grant a uh, Employment visas, H1, if you will, and H4s for the family. So all these yeah. companies that build cars or in the aerospace industry, they can or, or batteries can come in from Korea, mm-hmm. they can come in from Japan, from Malaysia, from Singapore, from from Indonesia, and bring their families here. We have yeah. schools to support that. They can apprentice our amazing workforce, which needs more knowledge. Mm-hmm. We can put some of the immigrants who've come into the country with, with skills and, and, and know-how to work. Yeah. We can give them jobs and let them earn that citizenship. And so, keep people here to work, because that's yes, a major absolutely. problem we have in New Mexico. We're hemorrhaging our kids, because they're, they're leaving as soon as uh, they get educated. And many of them are leaving for education, and, and they're just staying. Well, the biggest thing, Brandon and Pavlos, is to, is to turn that narrative around. Mm-hmm. And this state needs help. And I say that with love. Yeah. I have family here. Mm-hmm. My sister's in the room. My daughter and grandchildren are in this in this city. Yeah. And this is a good part of my life. I moved to California about 32 years ago. This is the family state to me. It's a family state to everybody that lives here and loves it and swears by it. Yeah. And But there's always been an economic issue over here. And I think we can turn that around. Yeah. We can all do it. Not mm-hmm. me, not just Pavlos, not, and you, Brandon, you're a voice. We can all get together and turn this around. Mm-hmm. Why, yes. New, why New Mexico? What, what, when you came up with this idea years ago, what was it about New well, Mexico that here. you thought that, that this, this is where this might work at? 
I lived here and I thought mm-hmm. the climate's the best. There's four seasons here. Yeah. The weather's really good. And also, it's a great space for a backlot, which I don't think exists right now. You know mm-hmm. what a backlot is. Yeah. Studio backlot. Why not put that in Berlin? Yeah. And develop a film community over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. One of the things that I did, I'm tuning my own horn, but I'm a salesman, so I guess I have to do that. But I, <laughs> a group of us, there were about a dozen of us that back in 1990 lobbied the state as part of the Screen Actors Guild and a few of the producers around here, like, like Dave Roberts and some others, to remove the gross receipts tax yeah. for the movie industry. And that brought a flood of, of work in here for everybody. Yeah. But it's not enough. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's a big industry. Now we have here. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. You have Netflix, big, big and we have Google, and we have uh, you know, we're, yeah, we have Amazon, and mm-hmm. um, we also uh, big uh, corporate uh, uh, contributed to the Berlin Chamber of Commerce is Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and again, these companies like uh, Ellis was saying, they need energy. They need energy to run their data processing, and our energy here in New Mexico is relatively inexpensive. When you look at solar. Wind and you and I know the wind doesn't always blow and the sun yeah. doesn't always shine. Mm-hmm. So we got lots of natural gas, yeah. and so those uh, power plants keep going all the time. And you know it's pennies for mm-hmm. that energy, and that energy can drive other industries yeah. and other economies. Yeah, the opportunities there in New Mexico is situated perfectly for it. Ellis Martin is with us. You can find the Ellis Martin Report and all sorts of resources, ellis.gold, Pavlos Panagopoulos, Satera Advisor Networks, myfinancialsense.com. And you guys are heading down to Berlin because it's the, the best of Valencia County tonight, Pavlos. And congratulations. In 11th year in a row, you've been named Advisor of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Lucky for yeah. me, I'm the only advisor in Berlin, right? No. <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad if I came in second place right now. There, there are other advisors. There's, in other no, there's other ones. There's other But you're the best. Thank that's you. That's for sure. And he's a very handsome man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've got a face for radio. Well, you want it because of the talent competition every year, right? Yes, That's it's why. voted by the members. It's actually voted by the readers of yeah. Valencia County News Bulletin. So oh, every yeah. Every year, best the Mexican food, best chili plate, uh-huh. best burrito. Yeah. That's great. So, and that, you're going down there tonight. Yes. That's tonight. Yes. And we'll be down mm-hmm. there with the Chamber of Commerce as well. We're yeah. going to go visit with Rona Espinosa, mm-hmm. executive director. Ellis is going to visit with her, yeah. talking about this opportunity. He has some um, Asianic funds mm-hmm. and also uh, some sovereign wealth funds from the Middle East that are looking at investing in New Mexico, bringing, you know, solar, bringing also wind, yeah, turbines, yeah. you know, production and a lot of uh, businesses mm-hmm. here, like a, a nice business park that we can build here. And again, uh, these countries are looking yeah, for places to go. And let me ask the listeners out there, this will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. The biggest construction site in the world is in Chandler, Arizona. Oh, wow. And who is building that construction site? Mm-hmm. Taiwan Semiconductor. Oh, wow. They're all wanting to come yeah. to the United States because we have a stable, safe country government mm-hmm. and we have two big oceans on both sides yeah. to protect us. Yeah. And we have the natural resource people. So we have people mm-hmm. from southern part of the world, whatever, coming to, to immigrating to the United States. Yeah. As long as, of course, it's orderly. Mm-hmm. We have the human resources we have the wind, the solar, the natural gas. Yep. So the United States definitely looks to be on the upward yep. trend. And New Mexico and the middle part of the United States mm-hmm. even better. Oh, yeah. New Mexico is very situated perfectly for something like this because you see investments going on in Wyoming and in Idaho. Why not New Mexico as well? Well, I've been to all those places. By the way, mm-hmm. Idaho is a great state for doing business in the mining sector yeah. and for industry in general. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, met with the governor. Over here in New Mexico, you have... And I would like to congratulate the last few administrations here because the infrastructure here is amazing. Ever since 1974, when I first came here, Mm -hmm. the improvement in the last 20 years alone has been wonderful. You've got a lot of work done with I-25 and I-40. The rail system now going directly to Berlin. It's been that way for a while. I believe former Governor Richardson was was responsible for opening up those roads. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest thing from a mining perspective is... Is it economic? Does the infrastructure support development? It's all here. We just need everybody to Mm -hmm. realize that it's here and to cooperate and work together to help make it even more attractive. Yeah, and that's kind of the sales pitch that New Mexico has to have to attract some of the other investors, right? Could we do a better job of getting our name out there that we're available to? Well, you're doing it with regard to tourism. Uh I see that at the airports in L.A. Yes, the state of New Mexico could do a better job getting the word out with regard to expansion and business development over here. That doesn't mean they haven't done a good job. Mm -hmm. I believe they have. 
but it can always be better. And the movie industry is an example that you were involved in that. And now we have Netflix here. And a lot of what you did several years ago, back in the 90s, brought that. So I'm hoping yeah. that some of the things you're going to do here in the future is going to bring us some industrial jobs and some jobs, you know, that like the movie industry that will be high paying jobs Mm-hmm. And provide our children able to work and live here in New Mexico yeah. and not go elsewhere. Keep them here. Keep yeah. them here. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's not just me, Pavlos, and I want to thank you for that, but it, it's people like you. It's it's a group of us, people like Brandon, for giving us a voice today because I know Brandon is very, very passionate about the state of New Mexico. And it's an everything. It's an everybody party, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got the, the reports from the International Energy Agency that, you know, countries where 75% of the energy being used in the world anticipates that demand is going to double by just 2035. And that, again, puts New Mexico kind of in a in a really unique spot here that uh, we can be kind of a front runner on this, yes. this situation with the increased demand. This month, the United States produced more energy than any country in the world. Yeah. So in spite of what's going on regulations-wise or administration, you know, we've unleashed the energy monster, I guess you could say, that you know, it's getting out there and, and getting going. And our energy, now we're exporting energy to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. Pablo Spanagopoulos with us from Satera Advisor Networks and also Ellis Martin, ellis.gold for the Ellis Martin Report. And these guys are heading on to Berlin a little bit later. But we wanted to talk some about mining stocks, Ellis, and kind of the track that, that you have with that. Well, I've been circling around the mining world for about 25 years now, and mm-hmm. most of the companies that sponsor the Ellis Martin Report are mining or resource in nature, oil and gas, gold, precious metals, space metals, battery metals, and there's a real opportunity right now, potentially. I don't want to say absolutely because I can't. Yeah. I'm not allowed to in that sector because the last two years have been terrible for mining stocks. Not for gold, not for copper, but for the equities themselves, there's a real chance if you're smart and you do your homework, that there's perhaps a 5, 10 to 20 time return on your investment. There's no guarantee. And if you don't know what you're doing, there's a good chance you'll lose your money. Good to have a good manager, right? You need a good manager. And Pablos, you're it. And <laughs> Advisor of the year. He's Thank the you. advisor of the year in Berlin mm-hmm. and doing very well in yeah. Berlioz County, I understand. But if you have any questions about specifically about investing in resource stocks, and if they're penny stocks, that's where you can find the most the most return on your dollar if you are successful in that area. It's safer to be above a dollar. It's safer to be in the dollar to five dollar zone with regard to resource stock. You want to invest in some of the foreign exchanges, and specifically, I mean, Brandon, the TSX, the Toronto Stock Exchange, or the TSX Venture Exchange, and you can do that. You need to connect with a financial advisor who can get you situated. And yeah. I happen to be sitting in the room with the lovely and very handsome Pablos. His office number is 505-828-4068. That's 505-828-4068. There, you did it. Give me yeah. the $10. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for that plug. But, yes, definitely we tell people to be careful, you know, in buying, uh, as I call it, what Mark Twain called, a hole in the ground with a liar on top. Uh-huh. you got to have a good manager, and yeah. you got to know what you're doing these resource stocks. So we definitely look for the good managers. And like Ellis said there's opportunities in resource stocks some of those stocks are so cheap and mm-hmm. these companies are going to do a lot through M&A, merger and acquisitions. We've already mm-hmm. seen it in the oil industry with the likes of Chevron buying out Amaretta S, the likes of Exxon buying out Pioneer Group. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're seeing a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on and with the recent downturn on the price of the stocks, not the earnings. Yeah. Because the earnings are doing great, and they're paying huge dividends. Matter of fact, some of them are considered the dividend aristocrats, some of the large resource companies, because they're very consistent in paying dividends. And as prices go up, so too does the minerals, mm-hmm. and so too do the dividends. And usually yeah. stocks go up as well. Mm-hmm. So we consider resource stocks as being kind of more defensive-oriented investments than we do what I call pie-in-the-sky technology companies. Oh, yeah. You know that They're basically counting their earnings on eyeballs. I'd mm-hmm. rather count my earnings in dollars. Yeah. eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, we started you know, talking about Guyana and what's going on in South America with Venezuela, and it just looks like we'll probably see more and more of that happening. Countries positioning themselves, trying to get into other countries, like what's going on in South America, to find resources. I mean, and there'll be armed conflicts. Yeah. So weapons companies are going to be good investments, too, because mm-hmm. these 
companies are arming these countries are arming themselves to the teeth because these resources are very valuable. Yeah. And like I said, we've seen that in the past. You know, history does repeat itself. If anybody wants to look at a great book, it's called The Fourth Turning by basically the gentleman named Strauss. He coined the word millennial. Yeah. And he says every 85, 90 years, we go through a fourth turning. We have a contentious time, contentious election. And every 85 years, people forget what happened 85 years ago. And so we have this fourth turning going on. And a lot of the listeners out there are wondering why things are so contentious in the world. Well, it's just like the weather, BV. You know, we have winter, summer, fall. Yeah spring and now we're in winter and mm -hmm. according to the fourth turning winter will not be over until the year 2039 okay so brace yourself yeah pack a lunch and <laughs> and get ready to put some money in resource stocks right yeah because those resource stocks are going to keep you nice and warm during this uh, winter season mm -hmm. and on that note i if you don't mind i'd like to mention that really what you should look for are companies with great management teams great projects money in the bank and who possibly may be undergoing in the near future m a's mergers and acquisitions. I yeah. know of two copper companies right now that won't tell you that they're doing that, but it's absolutely going to happen. They'll be taken out by some majors and they're not generating any revenue. They're in the research and development phase. Wow. And that's wow. big companies. They're looking for those smaller companies that are in research and development stage because those companies already spent the money oh, yeah. doing all the homework mm -hmm. and they're just you know, even look at the Permian Basin. Yeah. Nobody ever thought, BV, that the Permian Basin would be this big. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying the Permian Basin and the uh, basically that area in there, the Bakken and all that, is going to be bigger than Saudi Arabia wow. when it comes to producing energy. Yeah. And so we're already seeing that happening now with the United States this month, mm -hmm. surpassing all countries. We now are the number one producer of energy in the whole wow. world. That's in incredible. spite of our administration, that, in spite yeah. of our uh, it, regulations, it, it, in spite of canceling the exactly. pipeline. Yeah, it, this it, could be just, New Mexico as well, the fifth mm -hmm. largest state geographically in the country. It can happen here. Yeah. And one of the biggest energy producers. Yeah, it is happening here. Mm -hmm. Definitely is. Of course, we'll start to see the world become a little bit more dangerous, too, because we have this demand for electricity and energy. What do you guys see with that? Well, conflict. Well, I think that conflict is driven by Russia and China right now, who are yeah. pushing all the buttons all over the world, including Venezuela, including Guyana, including Ukraine, including the Middle East, including, I could go on and on. Azerbaijan, Armenia, this is, this is all by design, and it's all about resources, it's all about control, it's all about money. But I think in the end, democracy and freedom tend to win out, and these dictatorships and totalitarian regimes don't seem to win in the end. However, I believe in everybody getting along. You know, we've got to live. We've got to deal with China. Mm. At some point, whether it's today or years in the future, we have to work together. Yeah. We have to work together with China. At first, we're not going to do that. But at some point, we must. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. And China's conflict is Chandler, Arizona's gain, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Taiwan semiconductor goes, gosh, maybe we should relocate to a safer mm -hmm. country and <laughs> between yeah. two oceans. I mean, that's yeah. what's happening. And, uh, and these sovereign wealth funds that you represent, Ellis are wanting to say, uh, we want to invest in a stable, democratic, capitalistic country mm -hmm. with two big oceans surrounding it. Yeah. Guess what? There's only one in the world that fits that mode, and that's yeah. the United States. Well, yeah. they want to be up here. They want to participate in our aerospace industry. They want to be doing light manufacturing. The automotive industry wants to be here. And the funds in Korea and Japan are looking to be here as well. And it's even mm -hmm. called, you all, everybody's heard about offshoring. Yeah. And now we talk about onshoring. What it's really going to be more about is nearshoring. Okay. And nearshoring is what? Mexico. Mexico now yeah. is surpassing China as one of our biggest partners. Yeah. So, again, you give us a little flack, mm -hmm. guess what? We vote with our feet. Yeah. We move to Chandler, Arizona, right? Uh -huh. If you start rattling your saber, we're going to go somewhere safer. Yes. If you rattle your saber in Guyana, guess where we're going to go? Mm -hmm. We're going to go to the Permian Basin, and we're going to start drilling and fracking. Yeah. So money never sleeps. It mm -hmm. finds the safest and most profitable place that it can make money. Yeah. And yeah. that's what Ellis does. Ellis mm -hmm. finds these companies and these resource companies that are looking for capital and wanting to develop themselves. So if you get a chance to listen to the Ellis Martin report, uh, you'll hear some really neat company stories and, you know, companies that are out there taking risk. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not my cup of tea for my clients, yeah. but for those who have got uh, are not faint at heart, mm -hmm. definitely listen to the Ellis Martin Show because yeah. there's some great opportunities there. Yeah, Ellis.gold. And Pavlos, you mentioned the expanding middle class, but that's not just here in the U.S., all over the world. And in some of those untapped markets in 
India and Southeast Asia, where you're going to have a lot of people that have more money now. Well, they're the end-user countries, right? Mm-hmm. And Australia is feeding them a lot of resources. Over there, I was just in Sydney a few weeks ago, and the Australians are very aggressive all over the world. So they may be some of our partners here in, in North America, in New Mexico. We don't know. I'm not saying it for a fact, but the machinery, the tools, the manpower, the, the money, the resources, it's here. Let's just get it done because the electrification of the world doesn't stop. It's just only continuous. We have this mandate for everyone to drive EVs. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, right now we have about a billion people out of the 8 billion people in the world in the middle class. Yeah. It's anticipated. This is the people up in Santa Fe, Thornburg Funds. They talk to us about it is anticipated by the year 2030 that there will be 3.8 billion more people in the middle class. Wow. So the middle, the emerging market is going to go from about 0.8 billion in the middle class to 3.8 billion in the middle class by the year 2030. Yeah. Can you imagine how much electricity those people oh, yeah. need? Oh, how yeah. many EVs they're going to need? How many gasoline power Cadillacs they're going to need? Oh, yeah. So the growth is going to be here. Mm-hmm. And everything we're talking about now has to do with inflation. Yeah. When we talk about limited resources and demand, we're going to see inflation be part of the story for a long time to come. Yeah. And I'll let Ellis kind of chime in there mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. It's a supply and demand issue, of course. And there's only 10 producing copper mines on the market right now. We need another 50. And one got taken offline, I believe, in Panama just recently. Mm. And this is a problem. In five years, we're going to have a real resource problem. If we don't see hyperinflation now, and I'm not sure if we will or not, I know we have in the last three years. There's no doubt about it. If we don't see it now, we will in five years as the cost of these materials continues to rise and rise and rise because everybody wants the same thing. And there's a, mm. there's a limited supply. I don't think there's a limited resource yeah. But nobody's really mining it like mm-hmm. we should. And yeah. we have a lot of conflicts, like even talking a little bit about Afghanistan. You and I are talking offline about Afghanistan. So give us a little bit about you know what Afghanistan had and the natural resource, the rare earth minerals that Afghanistan had. And that's gone offline, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it has gone offline to the Chinese, and there's a lot of rare earth minerals and metals over there in Afghanistan. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, enjoy your time in Berlin tonight. And and again, Ellis, you're out there. You're looking. Well, you've got some investors. And to just kind of recap what what's going on in Berlin and kind of the idea that you have. Well, again, it's an idea I've had for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. In fact, I took it to some associates in England about 15, 16 years ago, and it's way too soon. And that's really developing Valencia County as, yeah. and making it a, a real center for international industrial growth, light industry in a green, sustainable way, sustainable community, making sure that, again, the local population has jobs, the the infrastructure is built, the tribes in the area have an equity position in all of this so that everybody wins. There's enough abundance in the earth to really feed everybody on the planet and clothe them and house them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Pavlos, again, congratulations, advisor of the year. Best of Valencia County tonight. You got to do your your little song and dance here. Yes, yes. Securities and Investment Advisory Services are offered through Satera Advisor Networks. And Satera Advisor Networks is a member of the Securities Investors Protection Corporation. Thank you, Ellis. Always great having you on and being on the radio with you. Your professional demeanor is always great. I learned a lot from you. And uh, Brandon, I wish everybody happy new year to everybody here at KKOB. And Avery, thank you for being um, helping Brandon all these time. (laughs) You have a lot to put up with. And of course, my lovely wife, Nikki, is here with us. today so we appreciate nikki Nikki as well but again thank you to everybody at kkob and be safe when you're out there driving yeah pavlos monogopoulos the terror advisor networks myfinancialsense.com and the ellis martin report ellis.gold thank you so much guys for being with us we've been listening into a conversation with kkob's brandon vote and myfinancialsense.com's pavlos monogopoulos in albuquerque new mexico questions comments find me at ellis.gold i'm ellis martin in this segment of the Ellis Martin Report, I speak with Mike C., president of Gentle Gold Corp., trading on the CSE as GTCH, and the U.S. on the OTC is GGLDF. Gentle Gold is primarily directing its efforts on its most advanced stage asset, Fondaway Canyon, a past gold producer with a significant in-the-ground historic resource estimate. To date, the company is defined at its Fondaway Canyon project and indicated an inferred resource of over 2 million ounces of gold, and that may be just the beginning. Mike Sieb is a senior executive with over 30 years of strong corporate and project management experience in international mining and exploration across multiple commodities and jurisdiction. Mike, welcome back to the program. It's been a while since we've chatted last. Thanks, Ellis. Good to talk with you again. I think in late August, the price of gold was around 1900 US. It is about, as of this recording, $2,050 US. That's $150 up in probably about five months or so. 
And it's a great time to consider positioning in a company. If it's your choice, such as Getchell Gold, I've got people calling me all the time, asking me, where can I buy the physical gold, Ellis? What equities would you recommend? Tough to give advice. Since I'm not a financial advisor, I can't give any advice at all. I can just point to our sponsor companies. I can point to companies like Getchell Gold and I can say to our listeners, I can say to our audience, everything looks really good, but the decision is yours. So Mike, give us an update on Getchell Gold. Thanks, Ellis. First, I guess I may as well take away in with the, your statement on the gold market. I do quite appreciate and I've been spouting for a number of years now that the gold market is coming. It's coming. I think it's finally here, but it's still burgeoning. Like it's trading within a really nice range right now. It's showing sort of the resiliency of the price of gold. And when certain, I believe, macroeconomic fundamentals fall into place through this year, we're going to break out of the range that we're trading in right now, and we're going to see the gold price hit record highs. And it's a wonderful time to be in that space and, and be Getzel Gold Corp with a primary asset in Nevada. What we've accomplished in the last little while is a major milestone. For the last four years, we've been working on the, the Fondaway Canyon Gold Project. And every time we drilled, we've hit more gold and we've come out at the beginning of uh, last year with quite a sizable mineral resource estimate that doubled the historic estimate and the mineralization starts at surface and it's still completely open-ended. And so we have basically the world in front of us where all it'll take is additional drill holes to continue to increase the value of this asset and the attractiveness of it. And then when you layer in a robust burgeoning gold market, I think we're well positioned to take advantage of it. And I think our shareholders are going to be well rewarded this year. I looked at the numbers again in your news release and on your website, and you're just getting started. Maybe you've done 18 drill holes. You've identified a potential $4 billion resource with 2 million ounces indicated and inferred collectively in the ground. And you're just getting going and you're a three-year-old company. That's outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, with over three drill campaigns, and we just utilized 18 drill holes to basically double the resource to where we stand today, and that's wholly impressive. But we have an additional nine drill holes that didn't make the cutoff into the resource. And that's one of the major activities that we're going to be doing this year that's going to be a value add, is we're going to take those nine drill holes and upgrade the mineral resource estimate. And some of those drill holes are at the periphery of our drill plant. So far, We've identified a deposit that's about 500 meters in length and 500 meters in depth. So the most peripheral drill holes that we have are some of the strongest drill holes and most sizable intercepts that we've seen to date. And it's wide open, a long strike, down dip, and even some places up dip. And there are some additional drill holes that's an additional 250 meters away down dip that have hit as strong mineralization that we haven't even drilled yet. So when we doubled the resource, what we did is we basically added an extra margin of drilling of about 250 meters around the historic mineralization. So just with an additional margin of 250 meters, we doubled the resource and we know at least another 250 meters away that there's really strong mineralization that continues and is still open-ended. So from where we sit today, I do truly believe we could be developing a tier one asset in a world-class mining gold jurisdiction. This is a huge story in Nevada, or at least it should be, and hopefully it will be. And one of my questions is, I've seen companies like Great Bear, even Snowline on the Yukon, we've got stocks that run anywhere from a buck to four to five to 20 to $30. Why are you at 11 cents US? So if anybody's been looking at junior gold markets last year, you can see everybody's share prices have diminished through the year. It looks like a very shallow ski slope. Anybody's looking at the charts. And so there was an overall avoidance and continued suppression of all the share prices of, of gold companies. And we were equally affected by that. But where we were doubly affected, and, and this is artificially, is we had our final acquisition payment due just January 3rd of this year. And it wasn't small, it was quite sizable. We had to come up with 1.6 million US dollars to make our final payment. And in the market of last year, that was very difficult challenge to come up with that amount of money. And so what happened was not only did you have the general suppression in the gold market last year, but we were doubly suppressed or artificially suppressed because there was this huge risk factor if we did not make that payment. If we could not come up with that money, we got zero 
of a world-class asset. And so there was a huge risk factor that was overprinted on ourselves and our share price last year. So now that we've made that payment and we've acquired 100% of the Fondue Canyon, very attractive project in Nevada, all of a sudden the world is our oyster right now. We're starting from a very low position and this isn't good for us, but it's really good for any potential investor who wants to take a look at us right now. Because if they just look, spend 10 minutes just seeing what we have and thinking in a positive light that we're going to come into a good gold market, you can readily see the pathway and the appreciation of value that we're going to see throughout this year. And this is why some of us in the space, many of us in the space like to speculate when a stock is actually this cheap and you've de-risked everything. If you hadn't de-risked, it'd be risky. Listening to everything that you just said and seeing it in your news releases, you have to disclose everything. Like you've done all the things you needed to do to make this an attractive play for potential investors and to satisfy your current investors that there's nowhere to go potentially, but there's no guarantee at all. And my biggest complaint right now, and I think it's a good complaint if, if you execute your money smartly, is the equities aren't even close to the price of gold at all. The price of gold itself has not been suppressed. It's grown in the last year. We're at a great sweet spot. The equities have taken a huge dive because there's been a lot of, I want to use the word sneering at the sector. Mining stocks. Oh, Junior, mining stock. No, no thanks. But it's exactly at this time that you want to look for a company potentially such as Getchlin. Okay. They've done everything they need to do. They survived 2023. They hit the benchmark with regard to the acquisition of Fonduan. What about now's a good time at 14 cents Canadian or 11 cents US? It, it absolutely is. And now we can like really roll up our sleeves and advance the project. And we do have solid advancement plans for this year. One of the things I just mentioned earlier is to upgrade the resource and actually show people how good this project is and how really open-ended it is. The other thing we're going to do is we're targeting by mid-year to come up with our maiden preliminary economic assessment. And we have solid rationale that this is a bona fide project that has some real good legs to it. And so coming out with that technical report uh, will move us up the spectrum where it's going to open up the gates for having other people really come and take a look at us. It's that milestone that puts you into a select field. And then we're going to have a drill program through the second half of the year that then is just going to keep on drilling outward and expanding upon the mineralization that we know that is there. And at what point do the majors start breathing down your neck and would you want them to now anyway until you've increased your market cap? First off, we're in Nevada and it's gold and people are taking a look at you regardless. Even though Nevada is fifth in the world for gold productions and you have over 20 active gold mines in the area, there is a slew of projects that are like in the wings that are looking at potential development. But when you compare them across the board, most of them are very limited inside. What Fondue Canyon brings to the table is it brings to the table, in, in my opinion, a fairly excellent grade to base like an economic analysis. But at the same time, it's of the right size. The project has the right potential parameters they really have a developed a producing company, and I'll probably say a mid-tier producing company, we're right within their wheelhouse. When they're looking for parameters of potential mine life, grade, location, permitting, Fondue Canyon basically fits all those parameters. I do anticipating that some mid-tier producers are going to be seriously kicking our tires here over the next little while. It's tough in this market, Mike, to risk capital in an early stage gold exploration company and you're not early stage, you're advanced. It's really tough without a resource. You've got the resource. It's really tough in a bad jurisdiction by bad politically, not positive. And I also mean weather-wise. You can basically drill all year long. You don't have to shut down for weather ever in Nevada. Best jurisdiction, best climate you can have for a mining company. And there's gold at surface. So essentially, I'd like to point our audience again toward Getchel Gold is for your consideration after doing your own research. I can't make a recommendation. I am biased because Getchel is the paid sponsor of this program, and I like what I heard, but I can't tell you what to do, audience. Mike, it's been a fantastic few minutes here chatting with you today. I look forward to an update with you in the very near future anytime. Thank you for joining me today on the program. Thank you very much, Ellis. And I do encourage people to take a look at us because when, when you think about comparables and you see how much gold is in the ground and how much potential there is to continue to grow the amount of gold in the ground. And as you stated, we are in the right jurisdiction. It provides a certain real degree of confidence to the investor. At the share price we're at today, I say, please take a look at us. 
take 10 minutes to peruse our materials. We've got excellent videos, five, 10 minute videos there that really convey the story. It won't take long for anybody who really takes a look at us in a very short period of time to become a believer. And I'm a believer and, and I'm really looking forward to 2024. I've been speaking with Mike Sieb, president of Getschel Gold Corp, trading on the CSE as GTCH and in the U.S. on the OTC as GGLDF. Find the company on their website, getschelgold.com. Getschel is spelled G-E-T-C-H-E-L-L, getschelgold.com. This is the Ellis Martin Report. Join me now for an interview with Tim Shedd, Chief Financial Officer and Director of Quantasync. With today over 103 million users in just a few short years, Quantasync is dedicated to improving quality of life and well-being by providing lifelong personal learning and development opportunities. Quantasync is the largest service provider in China's online adult and personal interest market in terms of revenue, according to a report by Frost & Sullivan. By leveraging its proprietary tools and technology, Quantasync offers easy-to-understand, affordable, and accessible online courses to adult learners under a variety of brands. Mr. Xie has served as Qantasing's Chief Financial Officer since January 2021 and its Director since June 2022. He has an extensive background in marketing, financial technology, mergers and acquisitions, and holds a master's degree in global economics from Nankai University. Qantasing trades in the U.S. on the NASDAQ under the symbol QSG. Tim, welcome to the program. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you. Give us an overview of the company. Quantasync is currently the largest online platform offering the adult learning courses, especially the interest-based learning courses for mass public in China. According to the industry report in terms of our revenue in 2022, our business commenced from July 2019. We are currently a young company. Our aim is to provide the lifelong learning opportunities to improve people's quality of life and well-being by providing these lifelong personal learning and development opportunities. So Quantasync is, we currently operating our business purely online and we have our offices in a headquarters in Beijing and we also have offices in Hefei. And currently we are expanding our global business and we are aiming to expand our offices overseas uh, this year. So I think Quantasync, even though we are a young company, we are on the road to expand our business and we have a great potential to enlarge the business and to serve more people globalized. So in just a short period of time, just a few years since 2019, from what I understand, you have perfected what you've done. You have approximately 103 million users. And now that you've perfected this in China, you want to take this to a more global platform. Yes, correct. I think in the past years, we adopted very smart methodology for the operation purely online. And we see the opportunity of the digitalization change in China and global wide. And also we see the opportunity to do business with most popular online platforms such as TikTok in China, the Douyin, and also Kuaishou and other, like we tried other uh, online short video social platforms. When we grow with such kind of chain, the online chain to teach the mass public in China in terms of their interest-based demand so that we grow very fast. And during the process, we accumulated a lot of user base and also accumulated the capability to deliver our online courses and to create content, do the live streaming using our own technology and a solid infrastructure to expand our business in the future. Uh, give us an idea of some of the course structures that you're offering. I understand some of it's interactive. Much of it is presented videos. You have many different presenters. What does that look like? I think, yeah, you can imagine that in China, there are many people. I think almost all of the adult people are familiar with the smartphone. And also the short video platform is very popular in China. So we created content based on the people's demand. For example, we create the courses aiming to teach the math public short video production skills. And also we seize the opportunity to serve the fewer people, the elderly, the middle-aged and elderly people for their personal well-being. For example, there some physical exercise online and calligraphy, the piano, some kind of interest-based courses. We make it affordable, interesting and understandable so that we offer our online 724 services 
for our users. Because we, I think our capability is to seize the opportunity to add the contents which are very suitable for our users because our users are the mass public, the ordinary people in China, especially the middle and elderly people in China, so that the courses are interesting. And we offer a seamless online services, including the live streaming, which is very popular, and also the audio, video, and also many kinds of teaching tools to serve our online learners. Basically, we post our courses, some advertisement on the short video platforms and other online channels. We have hundreds of online channels to cover the online traffic in China so that some of the users are interested, they will click and they will go into and register with our platform to enjoy the some days of live streaming lecture in some days so that some of the learners will convert to our premium and paid course learners. And after that, we will offer a package to serve the learners for months or even days. So maybe in this whole process, we have built a seamless process and we deliver the service tools to interact with our learners so that they can enjoy the courses and they can enjoy the days learning with the online classmates, with the tutors and lecturers, and we can serve the demand using our platform. That's quite a bit of information, Tim. And very impressive, literally. But if I want to learn about anything and improve my life, anything I can think of virtually, almost anything, yeah. I'll just type it in and there's a course on it potentially. Is that right? Not everything. This is related to our business model. We just deliver the content, the courses, which both serve the market demand and also to meet the economic requirements of our platform. So we only deliver the courses which can generate sizable revenue. That means this kind of course can meet a market demand because the market demand is strong so that we can make it sizable. And this sizable revenue and this sizable business can deliver a very good return over investment for our platform. This can be proved by our business results, which you can see from our financial results during the past quarters or, or years. So basically, when we really start to create the content for some kind of courses to meet the market. First, we will do some market due diligence. We can, we will build up the financial model to see if it is, its unit economy is positive during the whole life cycle of the courses so that we can, you can see from the financials, we, in the past three years, we always generate positive op operating net cash flows and also accounting wise, we can generate the adjusted net income in the past quarters. What do we have to look forward to this year, potentially? I think normally in the past three fiscal years, we always generate net positive operating cash flow. But during the latest fiscal year, I think our operating cash flow is also positive because you can see, especially for the latest quarter, we generated a net adjusted income of over 94 million RMB. We anticipate very positive and strong operating cash flow in this new fiscal year and ahead because we always take this methodology to deliver all of our services and goods in this way to make sure before we start such kind of business and such kind of courses or live streaming e-commerce, such kind of business on our platform, we always make it should be a positive what are some of the consumer trends and subject matter that's driving this growth? Describe, if you will, some of the topics that are bringing more users to the platform. What's popular? Basically, we are not traditional education company. Yeah. Because you can see all of our contents, all of our courses are based on the interest. Our contents are developed by our own platform and we serve the people's interest through the live streaming. Especially in the past years, we mainly serve the mass public, the adult people in China. For example, we saw the trend of the short video platform and many people are interested in deliver, maybe make some short videos, their own short videos on the platform to open their small businesses to do e-commerce. And some of them may be very interested to post their personal lives using the short videos. So we seized such kind of opportunity to deliver the short video production courses, which is very popular and also dominate all of our courses. Currently, this is our most important courses. And also you can see the senior population in China. Currently, I think the percentage may be over 18%. And 
by forecast, according to some organizations, figures, the senior population may take part in over 28% in 2040. So the senior population is a large population in China currently and in the future. So we see such kind of opportunity because they need some content and they need some information and they need the service to help them enrich their personal life because they have money and they have time and they may feel lonely. We created the calligraphy courses online and we created the piano courses online and we created some being courses to help them to enjoy their personal life. And also we organized some offline activities for our learners to organize some competition, for example, the piano competition, the calligraphy competition, to make it a very harmonious or a very interesting atmosphere for our learners to interact both with our platform and with their classmates so that these courses are very popular. Even though we just launched the elderly teaching platform in June 2020, this kind of business is growing very fast. And we have built up a solid base for the content creation and also the course delivery. What does the acquisition of Kelly's education mean for you globally? How will that increase your global presence? Yeah, I think because in the past years, we only operate in China, in mainland China, and this is purely 100% business in China. But for ourselves, I think because we are a technology-driven platform and we have our self-developed live streaming system, the smart tools for the teaching and also our customer management and business intelligence system, all powered by our infrastructure technology. I think definitely we will go abroad to leverage our capabilities to do our business. But for ourselves, as a principle, we may only do business which can be very cautious to enter into a, a new market, enter into a new area, so that we will not lose money and we will make it healthy for our financial. The accreditation of Kelly's Education is a Hong Kong-based English and Mandarin teaching platform. They have learners worldwide. Most of the learners are Hong Kong and some from the Southeast Asia, Japan, and other countries and area. So I think the acquisition make ourselves a solid base as a start to go globally. I think our capability of operation and technology will help Kelly's to expand their business, both in Hong Kong and global-wise. And this is one of our efforts to start the business global-wise. We'll start to expand aggressively this year. I think because in China, as I just mentioned, the short video production courses are very popular on our platform. And based on all these courses, we have cooperated and now we have developed the AI tools the video AI tools and audio AI tools, the software, the app to start to generate new revenues using AI. So I think AI based on our short video production courses is a global concept because the short video is very popular globalized. I think the teaching of short video production and the using of AI to enhance the short video production, I think this is a global business. As an example, I think we can use all of our existing capabilities and technology to expand globally. And teaching AI to your students online, no matter what age they are, is extremely important. You'll be a large part of it, disseminating that education globally. Let's talk about the public market. You've been trading in the U.S. I think this is potentially a great investment opportunity here in North America as you trade on the NASDAQ. You've seen highs during the last few years as high as $13. We're near a market low right now, not too far away from it. And you've got some great news. You don't have any debt. You're generating revenue. So let's talk about the potential upside and how that might look considering you're a publicly traded company. And we may be making some forward-looking statements. Yeah, I think as a public company, I think the trading of the stock will be impacted or influenced by many kinds of factors which we cannot control. So the things we can control is to do the fundamentals well and to do our business well. So I think fundamentally, Quantasine is even though it is a young company, that means also the great potential for the future growth. And also, I think the management team has delivered and proved they can deliver a very solid and fast-growing business in the past years. And currently, we have built the infrastructure, the capability, the team, and also our reserved courses, and also our 
new initiatives, leveraging our live streaming e-commerce system so that I think we have a great potential to grow. In terms of the financial, I think, as I just mentioned and insisted in everywhere, I think we stick to the principle that we only do business which can generate positive net results. That's key. So you can see from the past, we selected interest-based adult learning market business, and we have built a solid business model to generate the net positive operating cash flows and the adjusted net profits during the past years. I think the net adjusted net profit is an indicator and a KPI, which can show the real operation performance. Because in the past, we have granted operates to our management and employees so that the share-based compensation expenses is huge, which will be amortized in, in the past and following years. And the accounting net profit turning positive in, this, in recent quarters. So I think all of this proved that we have a solid and healthy financial results. And also we have no debt. We don't like that. I think we should generate the business opportunities first by ourselves. If we will see opportunities, we may just using that as a supplementary tools in the future, maybe. But currently, I think the company, in summary, know that and huge solid cash results and the solid operating cash flow and also the growth momentum for the revenues and the growth billions and also the new initiatives, globalized and domestically. So that's my view for our business because I think the market valuation is very low because we are a small cap, maybe middle and small cap company as a Chinese stock in the U.S. Because of the macro environment, there are some factors impacting the Chinese stock. But I think in the, maybe the, in the middle and long run, because we can perform, if we perform, I think the stock price will finally to represent the fundamentals in the future. Tim, is there anything you'd like to add before we conclude our interview? I think basically for this platform, our philosophy to the business is to using the maybe some same methodology to expand our current lifetime value of our users. Currently, our main and foundation business is a learning business, is a learning courses offered to our users. Through the whole process, we can see that the lifetime value can be expanded because we, during the interaction with our learners, we saw the market opportunity and we hear the feedback from our users. They need something more. For example, after their learning of the short video production courses, they need software to help them to do the short video production. So we offer such kind of opportunities for the AI tools for their subscription of the app. And also for some well-being courses, after the courses, some people need some maybe some goods, some healthy goods and some healthy food to buy. So we offer the live streaming e-commerce to meet their demand. And also, for example, because our user basis demographic profile, the middle and senior age people in China, elderly people in China, we have the same profile with the Chinese baijiu, the Chinese liquors consumers. So we launched the Chinese liquor live e-commerce since June last year. This kind of business is growing very fast and it's solid and proved a very healthy and very great net results for the platform. In the upcoming days or future, maybe we will deliver more news in terms of that kind of business, which has a great potential in the future. Basically, we are a learning platform and we offer both the learning and consumer goods, services for our users. So in the future, I think the learning, consumer, and AI-related business is all of our focus because it's all of this based on the same methodology, based on our existing consumer needs so that we can generate new revenue streams, leveraging the same platform, the same methodology, the same infrastructure and technology. So this is basically our business model and business strategy in the future at a currency. I want to add one editorial statement here. Amazon started just by selling books and now they sell everything. Yeah. Basically, I think in these days, the selling of Chinese liquor is very great. We saw a strong number in terms of the live streaming e-commerce. 
So I think maybe we will announce some news in the coming days. So that's the new initiative and a new revenue stream based on our learners. And also we are developing new opportunities in terms of the learning business, which will be maybe coming in next months. So our methodology is to reserve and develop some new business opportunities in advance. When we prove that this is a feasible and this is financially feasible, we will launch and put more emphasis and efforts in this kind of business. So this might be the best time, and it's up to you, audience. It's not our decision. It might be the best time yeah. to become a new investor in Quantasing. And again, we're not suggesting that it's certainly your decision to do your own research and take a look at the company. Tim, it's been great chatting with you. I look forward to our very next conversation where we can discuss further updates in the future. Thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Uh, great. Thank you, Alice. Thank you very much. I've been speaking with Tim Shen, the CFO and director of Quantasig. Trading on the NASDAQ is QSG. Go to the company's website, quantasing.com. This is the Ellis Martin Report. Subscribe to the Ellis Martin Newsletter. It's free. Go to ellismartinreport.com and fill out the quick and easy pop-up form. You've been listening to the Ellis Martin Report. Remember, companies actually pay us, imagine that, for exposure on this program. Join our list of subscribers. It's free for now. Go to ellismartinreport.com. I'm Judy Penelope Beckwith-Stoneman. See you next time.